to What We Like. We're your hosts, Cindy and Sonia. Join us each week as we discuss the world of adulting with some ratchet recap and buzz sessions. And be petty, because I have a petty spirit. So if my petty spirit is live, it, it will. forward to this weekend not that I have anything to do I'm just looking for a break from work I know the feeling I know the feeling and the funny thing is I just came off of a four-day weekend and I'm still when I got to work on Monday I was like whoo I feel like this been a long week I need to already right I know (laughs) And tomorrow is my Friday because I'm taking Ooh. Friday off. But again, I really don't have anything going on. Just taking a little break. So I am definitely mm. looking forward to that. Yes, I know. Three-day weekends and four-day weekends are really good, especially if you're not going anywhere. Like you just getting some extra time to do little stuff at home that you don't get to do or whatever. I, I like me a good three, four day weekend. Yeah. If I could do a four day week, I would do that. I would jump at the opportunity yes. to do that, but that's not on the table right now. So I have to deal with being at work Monday through Friday, but anywho, <laughs> let's jump into some car chatter. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. What we got this week. Did you see yesterday? About the celebrities and businessmen. Yes. Yes. That's what we're doing now. I'm not going to even say that's what we're doing now. Because I'm sure they've been doing that for a very long time. Yes. But the messiness of it all. What's really sad about that is a lot of minorities base themselves on going to like Harvard and and Georgetown, like the big schools. And they think, wow, I'm not good enough to get in. And all of these white kids are able to get in when, you know, really, we don't know. Some of them are probably paying to get in and, you know, sliding 20s in applications. Yes. I was listening to this show today And this guy was saying that um, he called in and it was a white guy. And he said that people were telling him that pretty much that's the way to do it. Like you send your application and then you mail a check to a coach or, you know, to the tennis coach or the golf coach or, you know, to the, the teams that don't generate a lot of money. You mail those coaches money and it's almost a given that your child will get on the team and they'll right. never play. They won't even be on the roster or whatever. They just, you know, get in. 
And and that's how they get in. That was in the reports. They said that this is not something new. It didn't just start happening. It was very extensive and it has been going on for a very long time. And it was a total total of fifty warrants were issued. Right. And thirty I think thirty three of those were parents. And one was call her wow. Aunt Becky. Was it Full House from back in the day? Yeah. From one one was from Full House and one was yes. from Desperate House. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's crazy, but see, this is what you get. So we don't have to try to fashion ourselves after them and thinking that it's an accomplishment to get in these schools because these kids are going and they're not a lot of them are probably not qualified to be there or not doing the hard work it takes right. to get there legitimately. Right. And what's what's really sad about that, like two years ago, it was this lady who they arrested and sent to jail because she lied on a, on a school application and said she lived in one district and she really lived in another district just because the district that she lived in, the schools were really you know, poor. And she wanted to send her kids to a better school. So she lied. And I've seen reports of that. And so she went to, she went to jail for this. I doubt very seriously that these people are going to wind up serving any time. And another thing, did you see in the news yesterday, Jussie Smollett walking into the courtroom? I saw that baby walking into the room. Like he just... (laughs) We have issues. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't ask the judge. Could he? Um. He wants cameras in there because he wants the truth to come out. Like this poor baby has. Issues. Okay, so he was requesting cameras. Yes, he requested the cameras. You know what? I missed that part, and I think I missed that part because I was concentrating on the fact number one, the walk in the courtroom. Number one, and number two. The fact that it said his presence was not required. Right. But he chose to show up. He chose to really? come. He chose to come and he requested for the whole trial that he wants cameras in the courtroom because he wants the truth to come out and he wants it to be on camera. So here's my thing. And he was strutting in the courtroom like he was going yes, he to was. get an Oscar or something. Like <laughs> he had shades on and everything. Like it's somebody needs to be checking on this baby because something <laughs> not right with this child. Like it's, yeah. it's definitely not something's not right. Like where are his family members that will pull his coattail and say? You, I you thought they were walking behind him with their shades on too. No, see, it's got to be a sane one in the family. It's it, he has several siblings. One of them should have said, "Hold on, if he don't have to be there, then what are we doing? Like this makes no sense. What what are we doing?" Yeah, that that was way crazy, and it it gives you the feeling that he's really not taking this seriously. And I, I'm wondering, did his attorney explain to him that last week he was charged with 16 right. counts? Doesn't seem like he's taking it very seriously. This is serious sweetness. Like 
You know, some of them want to be relevant and they'll take that any way they can get it. You are kissing your career. <laughs> bye bye. That's what you're doing. One more thing in car chatter is I know you are not a sports fan. Well, you do like basketball, right? I do, I do. Okay, not that this is about the game itself, but this is about Russell Westbrook's interaction with a fan the other night. And it was all over social media today, I think yesterday, about him. And I think that the thing that was getting a lot of attention was him calling out the wife. Did you see that report? Okay, see... I I did I only saw like the headline and never got to read the full story. So so I I just got the gist of it. Was it that a fan was a fan shouting something or or it was a Twitter? Well, the fan basically or? said, or the story is that the fan said, "Get down on your knees like you used to," or like something along those lines. And then oh. Russell went back at him and said, mm-hmm. "You know, I will fuck you up." Like, don't go there with me. And apparently the wife said something mm-hmm. and he said, I fuck both of y'all Ooh. up. <laughs> so, and I think uh, people had issue with him saying that to the wife. Right. But a lot of people were on his side because fans will come in and they say stuff. They will cuss at you. They will do all this stuff to the players, but the players cannot react your players cannot say anything and that's just not fair to them from my understanding the fan has been banned from the arena and russell westbrook got fined twenty five thousand dollars and the other thing to note is the fan said he never said anything out of place to russell he was just telling him to ice his knee or put heat on his knee but reports went back he has deleted the majority of his tweets, but you know that stuff never goes away. So it's coming out the things that he has actually tweeted in the past. He's called somebody the N-word. And he has had rants about Russell before. And he's been very vocal about his dislike. So the story that he's telling about what happened doesn't match what Russell and the other players are saying. And not only that, it doesn't line up with his tweets in the past and the bigger question is dude why are you deleting your tweets (laughs) right right and see for me i'm one who says we have to remember that these players are people they're people and so just because they don't play like you want them to or they don't make the basket or the touchdown or or they foul or whatever you don't get to talk to them just because, talk to them any kind of way, just because they're players. They're people. You know, they're playing a game, but they're people. And so, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have popped off at her because she was a woman. But if you dish it, you should be able to take it when it comes back. I mean, that's that's what I tell my daughters all the time. And I have three daughters and I don't believe a man should put their hands on a woman or should, you know, talk crazy to you. He should be respectful and all that. But I also say if, you, if you're if you willing to step out there and say stuff and do stuff, you have to also deal with the consequences of that. So you dish it, you should be able to take it. So she out there popping off at the mouth. 
and then he say, "I, you can get it too." I'm not. He didn't. He he didn't put his hands on her. He just let it. And sometimes you say stuff without thinking. Like somebody say something to you, and then you say something back, and then you like, "Ooh, I really." You didn't even. immediately react. And he said today he has never put his hands on a woman he never would put his hands on a woman he's never had any type of domestic situations that's not something he would do but they were very wrong in what they were saying to him it came from a a racist point and he didn't appreciate it and he's basically he said what he said and the league needs to do more about protecting the players because they always say what the players can't do But you need to have some type of guidelines on protecting the players from the fans. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap up our card chatter for the week. And we will go into this week's conversation. And we will talk about, not R. Kelly per se, but let's talk about the two young ladies that... Is living with him, or should I, I say guess his girlfriend? They're living with him, but they did say they were in a relationship. They did say that. So we have a clip from Gail King's interview with Azriel and Jocelyn. So we're gonna play that clip, and we'll talk about that. What is your relationship, both of you, with 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 R. Kelly? We're with him. That's yeah, our relationship. We're with him. Yeah, we that's what it is. <laughs> and we're in a relationship with him. Right. Just said it. Uh-huh. A very strong relationship as Both well. Both of you. Yes, yes. Most definitely. You know, how do we say this without being inappropriate? Is this a three-way relationship, or do you each have a separate relationship with him? How does this work? Well, both I'm of curious. those. Yeah, both we both have our individual relationships with him, and right. we all are family all together. We have our moments where we sit and watch movies all together. We go to amusement parks all together. I'm not talking about Azrael going to movies and sitting and watching, uh, going to parks. I'm talking about is it a, is it a three-way sexual relationship? Sexually? Well, first of all, I'm not here to talk about my personal life, okay. and I would never share with no one what I do in or outside of the bedroom. And as a woman, I'm sure you would not either. Yes. No, I wouldn't, but I... But, okay, then. But, so, no, yeah, no, you're next right. question. No, you're right. I would not. Okay. Ezriel wasn't happy. So that was a small clip from their interview with Gail. I wanted to talk about them, but I wanted to concentrate on the ladies. What did you think of the clip that we just heard and their support? You know, there were so many things that jumped out at me. And I will say that I didn't watch the entire interview. But there were some things that jumped out at me. Like, it felt scripted. And it almost felt like, like, which it was, that he was right there. And so they were, they both were, especially... Azriel, they she was very guard guarded about what she would say, but she was real defensive. Like I'm not, you know. So you think Azriel was guarded? Like she was with her. She was she was particular about, um, you know, like what I thought that that was a valid question. Are you three sleeping together? 
you know, I, I thought that was a valid question because you come on TV to talk about your relationship with R. Kelly and you sitting with another female who has a relationship with him too. One would want to know, are y'all three sleeping together or does is it like some sister-wife situation where he goes right. to you on Mondays and Wednesdays and her Tuesdays and Thursdays? Like, she, I don't know. She just seemed guarded but defensive at the same time yeah for me I didn't think that she came across as guarded I feel like and I didn't see the entire interview either but the clips that I've seen I feel like Jocelyn is more guarded and uh, doesn't say as much as Riel she she's a little pit bull like she was it seemed like she was just like just coming off the bat and and she jumped on the defensive because I feel like maybe it made her uncomfortable or she's not as okay with the whole relationship with the other woman as she is supposed to be but yes she got very defensive when that question came up and it was a valid question because oh, they both was, just admitted yeah, that they she both was, she was had a relationship with him. Right. So why are you why why are you mad about somebody asking you what obviously everybody wants to know? And then when they were blaming everything on their parents, you know. Now, I will say that I felt some kind of way about how the parents during the docu, uh, the documentary, how the parents explained how they, to me, knowing what R. Kelly's past was, how they kind of just handed their children over to him because he was going to make their career or whatever. That to me, yeah, that was, that was kind of out of line for me. But do I think that it was to the extent of what she was saying that her parents did? They did this for money, blah, blah, blah. And they're still doing things for money and all that. I, I don't know if I believe that part. Like, I do think her their parents were very naive in, in the beginning, especially, I can't remember which one it was that he met when he was 13. And I think it was Azriel and they... They found out later that they were having sex. I think that was her. I think he met he met Azriel. I think she may have been 16, 17 when when he met okay. her. But I think her parents also did an interview with Gail. But I saw a clip on that one as well. And mom says we let her go meet with him or go travel with him on her own. They met all of the people in R. Kelly's camp, which right. the majority of them were women, and they felt comfortable and they felt secure that she was going to be okay because they had interacted with the people, they had met the people, so they, they felt like it was going to be okay. And then that's when they started letting her travel with him without them. Now, which parents were uh, were they? Were they the ones Asriel's parents. Was- Banging, okay, was Azrael's parents the one at the end of the documentary were banging yes. on, throwing rocks at the yes. window and that kind yes. of thing? Okay, okay. 
So they were the ones who took her yes, to the concert. Yes, they took her to the concert. And and they're also the ones that said when that first day that she met him at the hotel that they didn't know about and she was still underage at the time, they said after the fact, they found text messages where it said that they had had sex. So in my mind, I'm wondering, well, if mom and dad had text messages that said they had sex while she was 17, why didn't they go to the authorities with that? Right, and in the documentary, I'm almost sure that they said she was younger than 17 when she met him at that hotel room. I'm pretty sure she was younger than 17 when when she met him at that hotel room. And they even said in the documentary that when she met him in the mm-hmm. hotel room and then they they found out that she didn't go to school that day and they went to the hotel room and she was there... Um, that was the first time that they had had sex because they later saw text messages where she referenced that, you know, that particular time. And see, and that's what I'm talking about. So I don't, I was a little bit confused why mom and dad didn't take that to the authorities. I, I don't know. The whole situation seems like it's just like, I can't understand people who are saying that these girls, even though they're in their 20s now, that it's not some type of cult attitude or brainwashing or something because just their mannerism alone, if they were free to come and go as they please, what would cause them not to meet up with their families? If when they first left, and went to where at went to R. Kelly. They weren't in a bad place with their family. It wasn't like they were being abused or anything like that. So why wouldn't they want to meet up with their family? I think they're. Or, I think you know, they are free to come and go as they please. I I believe that they are. I I I feel. I don't know. I don't. I you know why I don't believe that because um, Gail was talking about how. He was sitting right right behind a curtain when they were doing their interviews and how he would cough when they would say something. And he even came out and asked her, do I need to shut this interview I, and, and I get that. But the reason I say I think that they are free to come and go, and maybe not all the time, but I don't think that they are locked in a house or chained in a room. I don't think that they're held hostage in that respect. I I think that if it was a situation where they wanted to get away, they had every opportunity to because of the setting. And and they would have been, they were in a safe Mm -hmm. place. But that's what what comes into play what is being said that they have and and that's the Stockholm Syndrome. I pull that up for anyone who doesn't know, it is a condition that causes hostages to develop a psychological alliance with their captors as a survival strategy during captivity. And basically, it, somebody could kidnap you, they can hold you hostage, right. and like you just said, pretty much brainwash you. And you will, even when you have the mm-hmm. opportunity, 
or even when you are freed from this person, you still feel an alliance towards them and you still want to be with them. So it is being said, that's what the ladies have. And that's why they have, after everything we know, and after the treatment that we've been told is going on, the way he treats them. Right. But still, they have this alliance towards him and don't want to leave him. So it's being said that they have, they show signs of the Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, and I, but I, I agree. I don't think they are being held like doors, padlocked, and, and that kind of thing. But I think that he um, creates an environment that they feel like they can't mm. or or won't leave. Yes. And basically, the Stockholm Syndrome. Like, you, you don't right. want... They don't want him to be hurt. They don't want the truth to come out. So they don't want to be around their parents because they probably feel like they may say or do something that would lead to some harm being done to him, him going to jail or, or whatever. So they don't want to be around other people. Cause that's what happens with yeah. people in yeah. cults and stuff like that. They separate themselves from them, their families they don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And then something happens within the cult. Right. I have the other question. And, and I am in no way defending, nor would I ever defend anything that this man has ever done. When I think about the fact that when, if you look at the women that are with him, right. you know, he tried to be right on that borderline where I guess he felt like he couldn't get into any legal trouble. But the older women that went to him and I feel like they were brainwashed. I come back to, is that a crime? Right. Cause I don't know. Right. Well, I had this discussion with somebody is mental abuse, a crime or like you just said, is that a crime? Is that something you can go to jail for? It, it's 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 definitely immoral, but is it a crime? You know, so uh, did he do something wrong with the older women? I feel like yes, he did something wrong. Now something morally a, wrong or legally wrong. See, and that's just it. I feel like it's morally wrong. But I don't know if it's legally wrong. Like I got this conversation got so deep with my son-in-law and daughter that, you know, my daughter's in law school and she was, we were trying to figure it out. Okay. Law school need to get the answer to this question for us. (laughs) Yes. So we were like really trying to figure that out because I mean, he's done so many other things that. He could get charged for. Yeah, so now he he definitely will. Hopefully he, he will, and that will be over. And, you know, and and they will be reunited with their families, or they would be taken to a place where they can get some help and be deprogrammed. But I was just wondering, and I wish if somebody right. knows, email us and let us know. If he's dealing with women that are over, and I don't even want to know, because see, I don't even want to go to him anymore. I'm just going to speak general now. 
if there's a situation where somebody is being manipulated, cause, and, and the reason I don't want to speak on him because I don't want it to come across that I am justifying right. the behavior because I'm not. But generally speaking, because manipulation comes in all forms, all right. forms. So right. I'm thinking or wondering, generally speaking, if somebody is manipulating somebody, to the fact where they are brainwashed and they're uh, showing cult-like behavior. Are there legal ramifications to that? Law school need to get on that for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to law school and tell her because that's... I want to know. That's, that's a good question. Yeah. And... You're right. I we um we just kept saying that to each other, like not to not that no. we are defending him, but just in general, is it just a moral issue or is it a legal issue too? Because physical abuse, we know right off the gate, that's a moral and a legal. Um, but with emotions, you know, can a wife? take a husband to court or to or um, have a case if she says he was just mentally abusive like would I have a case for something like that because I feel like that's what these two girls are dealing with some sort of mental abuse I, I, I agree and I think that everybody looking in can't fathom how they could stay with him and can't understand if they were free to come and do an interview, why not run, yell, scream, get me away from this crazy person? Well, I believe that they believe that that is truly where they want to be, and he is truly right. good to them. Oh, yeah. And I believe that came from being right. brainwashed. And that shows you the different levels of people because as we saw from the documentary, there were girls that were there and once they saw that behavior, right. they were out. Right. But it's just some people aren't as mentally strong as others and there were some that he was able to bring in and they just could not right. get away. And family could not get them and, away. You know the other side of this is as a parent, like I just that was just or even just my family member knowing that they're in this situation and there's really nothing I can do because they're not a minor. Nothing I can't at all. just bust up in his place. Although, you know, I don't know if I wouldn't have to get some of my crazy family members to just we go storm the place and kidnap my baby and you know especially <clears throat> these girls whose fathers are in their life like and it's been said throughout the years that they may have talked or vi or known where they were like okay why are these men not physically going and getting their child Pretty much like the one lady did. I think she may have been from Chicago. I'm not sure. She went and got her right. baby. And her daughter went, left and went back. After she, she got her, 
she went back and then she came back you know she came back home for good but I I just and you know you can't say what you would do but I feel like I would make every effort to physically go get my baby you know like I especially this has been going on for some years especially when they were young you know Right. I wouldn't be the one that's on TV doing all these press, press conferences like Mr. Savage. I would be there. I would be going there. I would be waiting outside of a house or hotel waiting for him. And, okay, you're going to take me to get my right. daughter. And, I, and I'm going to get all my peoples with me. So we're going to be numbered down just like you right. numbered down. Yeah. I don't know. Just like I had a lot of questions about their situation. Like in the beginning... We all knew about R. Kelly. And so just the mere fact that they let the the girls go with, like your your girls go and with Part him. of me I, feels I, like yeah. they were okay with it because, you know, everybody thinks that they are the exception to the rule and they are invincible. I can see some of these people thinking, Oh yeah, we gonna we gonna move through this situation because it's stardom, it's money, and right. the Azrael's parents. This was like five years ago, maybe six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They really, really knew what was going on with R. Kelly, but I think that they probably felt like they had a tighter rein on their daughter, or that she wouldn't be sucked into that. But they were still willing to open her up to that exposure because of what they thought he could do for them. And I haven't seen anybody that he's put on. And that was my thing. Like, if he... Now, I won't even say if, but he didn't even... Did he even come to you with receipts and say, see, I put on Sierra, I put on Beyonce... I put on brandy, like <laughs> all of that. That's me, you know. That's me. Not that that would still make me comfortable no. with my my daughter being alone with a pedophile, but at least as a person looking at their situation, I might would say, okay, well, I see where y'all where, where you going with that. That's not how I would play with my daughter's right. life, and not to I can see parent you know, blame, but. For Azriel's parents to say that they got to a point where they were comfortable with his camp, that they allowed their 16, 17-year-old daughter to travel with them, with him, them, without them, it's questionable for me. It's really questionable because he, you know, his camp was around... Or if it's not the same right. camp, it was a camp, was around when he married Aaliyah. Right. So, you know, and I'm not entrusting that because we all know how people act around some celebrities. You know, they they people treat celebrities like they're gods, like they can do no wrong. And right. so how do I know that you're going to protect my child the way I would protect my child against a pedophile and you work for him. He pays you. He gives you the lifestyle that you have 
And how do I know if he comes in and say, hey, I want to sleep with Azrael, then you're going to stand up against your boss for my child? No. Well, the thing with that is it makes you wonder if some of the parents didn't have visions of being in the limelight and and having some of that over. Because I, I don't understand what other reason they would let that happen. Yeah, I... And like you said, I'm not parent-blaming or whatever. It's not a situation. That's not how I would handle the situation. But it also leaves a lot of questions that it's not like we didn't know things about R. Kelly. We all knew stuff that was happening. You know, and I was telling my my, um, sister today, I was like, we all knew about R. Kelly. And we, we got a lot of folks who out here... You know, saying he he didn't do it or blaming it on the girls or blaming it all on the parents. We need to stop holding people up just because they black and and That's acting true. like just just because you black you can't do anything wrong. It's right. black people who do stuff wrong too. You know, definitely. We just need to we need to uphold that he's R. Kelly is a pedophile. We need to admit that OJ killed the people. Like we, <laughs> we, we need to come on with it and just understand it. Let it go. Like, but you know what? That made me think about when you said that. I forgot we have another source of reference. Oh. Ask that question to the My, grumpy lawyer. I will. I will. <laughs> Ask the grumpy lawyer I our forgot. legal question. I will. Okay. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I, will I did too until you brought it up. Yeah, but make sure you ask that question to law student and the grumpy lawyer and see what we I get on will. that. And maybe, okay, so the next episode on car chatter, I'll slip that in and let everybody know what the answer to that is. Okay. Is it a moral or legal um, issue? Yeah, because so, I've been wondering that. I've, I've been wondering that, and I would really like to know. My thoughts and prayers yeah. are with both Azriel and Jocelyn. The, the two ladies, more so than their families or whatever, but the two ladies, because I feel like they right. are completely dependent on him. And it, it, it makes you wonder, and I'm not going to say if I'm going to say when, when he goes to prison, what's going right. to happen to them? Because I don't know that they're in a place where they can return home, not in their current state. So I, yes. I would say my thoughts and prayers are with them. And when he is taken away, right. that they will get yeah. the help that they need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same here. Yes. And now we're going to go into our ratchet recap. And we're going to talk about our good old friends from the A, Housewives of Atlanta. So, you know, I've been waiting on this one. I've been waiting on this one by wig. What did you think about Nene's wig party? Or by wig. I should say by wig party. Well, if my husband had just gone back in the hospital, I'm not sure, and, and I don't know her full, full circumstances, I'm not sure that I would be able to, you know, host a party um, without being emotional if he was in the hospital. But then again, 
maybe because it's such a reoccurring thing and the party was only going to last maybe a couple of hours where she thought maybe, you know, that was her little outing, her little break. I, I don't know. I've had been in that situation, but I can't say. But I will say the party was cray-cray. It was. Like, the, the party was crazy. Like, first off, I will say that a, a couple of the people surprised me that they actually had <laughs> hair because I, I didn't know that they, that they had hair. Like, I, I just didn't picture But you know, like, most, most of them, because they are in wigs 90% of the time, most of them do have hair because they really are taking care of their hair underneath. So most of them have hair. Yeah, I guess I was just surprised that they actually had hair <laughs> because you, you rarely ever, you know, ever see it. Like, you know, so I was surprised. But um, some of the highlights for me was Shamari. Shamari began drunk. And she, okay, to uh -oh. me, Shamari, bless her heart, she looks like, and you know somebody's about to say something ratchet when they say bless her heart, but Shamari looks like, like 1994, maybe 95, she always looks like 1994, 95, sometimes like 97. You know, but what but about she her hair? This looks so. like a flashback. And you, you know, okay, I love hair. Her love natural hair, hair wasn't it for me. But can we can we do it in a? Can we get it in a style or can? What was going on? Like who put the little? <laughs> I, I just had so many. Because the thing is, her whole the, it was a buy like, wig party, so. In my mind, obviously, if it's a bi-wig party, then that means you're supposed to come with your best natural hair. And that's what I was expecting. Right. Your best natural hair. And I don't I don't think we got that. I mean, my favorite was Eva, I think. And I was surprised that was all her. Yes. <laughs> But like okay, Me and too. then of course you know you have your your Marlos and your Porsche, you know, and Candy. They all have like the basic. They went and got the basic press or whatever. They were good. I think uh uh Tanya right. was good. What happened with um Nene's hair? Yeah, Nene was a no for me, and Shamari was a no for me. Yeah, Shamari's whole look was disturbing to me. <laughs> her whole, what kind of MC Hammer pants did she have on? <laughs> right. Like, what, her, her whole look was a flashback to me. But when she got drunk and was patting on um, Tanya's vagina... And then she was had her mouth all up on Eva's breast. I'm like, girl, you get real freaky when you get drunk. Like, yeah, I'm gonna need you to know what your limit is and do one drink less. Right. Instead like, of not knowing cute. your limit and doing five drinks past that. And. You can't justify it by saying, I'm not driving tonight. I got a designated driver. No. 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 
Yeah. Having a designated driver is good, but that does not give you the pass to be groping your friends. Yes, because, okay, that that could be funny for like 30 seconds, but after that... Yeah, and I get that. That can be, but what is not funny and what is not cute, you can't throw up on me. Ooh, that that right there, though. Because I'm a repeater, so if you throw up, I'm going to repeat it and throw but up. But did you see Eva? She was like almost, it was almost coming yes, for her. Yes, that's me. Especially if I think about that you've thrown up on me. Oh, that would have taken me to a, a different And like, place. you my girl and everything, but we not, we not, you know, it's not like you my child or my man. Right. <laughs> And that would still be like, difficult. Right. You're not even my best bud. Like, right. we, we just co-workers, basically. So, but the whole party, like, I didn't understand where Nene was coming from when Marlo first walked in. And you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of Marlo's. Okay, why was she calling Marlo, uh, what's she call her? Marlo uh, Baldy? Why was she calling uh, her Baldy? I don't know. But I was like... What is it with Marlo? What I mean, to me, I felt like Marlo was being a real friend. She said Greg called her. She immediately, you know, stopped what she was doing and went, you know, jumped in the car, made the 45 minute or an hour trip. And then yeah. you don't open the door, you know, right. like you. And then she got on Marlo for being late. And Marlo was like, Nene. I dropped everything and came yesterday. So I left my hair appointment or I missed my hair appointment. So I was like a, a, a walk-in today and I was coming because you didn't want to. Like she, and, and Marlo was getting emotional because she felt like, like you're my sister and I love you. And I was truly concerned about you. And Greg said, you were kind of having a mental break. And I get here, you don't answer the door. All kind of thoughts are going through my head because people are doing all kind of things right. when they reach their limit. She was like, I didn't know what what frame of mind you were in. Right. And then for you to sit there, especially in front of other people, and basically berate her, like, I, I was like, wow, you taking this. I'm I'm upset because Greg is sick kind of thing. And and you don't get to use stuff so that you can be mean and nasty and then blame it on, well, y'all don't understand. Greg is sick and I'm having to deal with him. You don't get to use that, though, because you still can't be mean and nasty because you might need me. You know. Oh, and she, she definitely you know. does. I have to insert because we were talking about Marlo. I saw on social media this week she lost her brother. Rest oh. in peace and condolences to them and I thought about that when we were we were talking about Marlo but let's go to (laughs) Eva's face when Nene grabbed the cameraman (laughs) I know yeah it was crazy so the thing is and Nene which we had already surmised you know everybody knew what was going on everybody knew and Nene said normally she would have 
the, the crew would have full access to her house. But I guess because of Greg coming home and then, uh, you know, out of, out of nowhere, he had to end up going directly back to the hospital and it was just a lot going on. This particular time she said, you know, my bedroom, the master bedroom is going to be off limits. Right. So they talked her into letting a couple of the girls come up, but they knew that the closet was supposed to be off limits because I had said it did. She, she didn't want the ladies in there, but she didn't go ballistic when they right. went in there. She right. went ballistic when the camera guy was right. going in there. Right. But then there ended up being this big mess about, did she touch Portia? She ripped Portia's, Built off, or there was something going on with that because yeah. in the last episode, I guess it was the last episode, they started talking about the belt, and then Portia was like, "I don't want to talk about that." Yeah, I, I, I want to know the the backdrop on that because it seemed like she was just really upset about the cameraman. Yeah, you know because she when when Candy went back there first. She didn't get up or she didn't, she just kept saying stuff like, y'all need to come out of my closet or y'all, you know, how you do when somebody do something. I mean, I do, I do my daughters like that. Like, don't go in my closet. Don't take nothing out of there. And then they go in there because I'm knowing that they're going to go, you know, I'm just like, come out of my closet, get out of there, whatever. And she seemed like she was in that kind of mood. She still was in good spirits. She still was. You know, like, y'all don't go in my closet, whatever. But as soon as that cameraman headed that way, she that snapped. it. She did. Yes. She did. She snapped. Now, I saw her IG live mm-hmm. yesterday. So, I guess they filmed the reunion. And I'm assuming that's coming maybe in the next couple of weeks. But she mad with everybody. With everybody. And... If you read the comments, people were saying exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Like at some point, you have to think to yourself, "Is it me?" The time, it, right? <laughs> Is it me? Because I'm always mad at somebody. At least two or three people in the group, I'm always beefing with. I'm mad at people more than I'm getting along with people because. Mm-hmm. I was giving her credit for a a good part of the season because she was actually, you know, she was still Nene getting pissed if stuff didn't go her way or whatever, you know, or if everybody wasn't bowed down to her, like, it's always got to be Nene's up here and the rest of the cast is, you know, lingering somewhere down here. And if you don't bow down to Nene, then something's wrong. But for the most part, she was actually kind of decent for the beginning part of the um, the season. And then she just started to, you could tell she, the old Nene was coming back and she was blaming it on, oh, well, Greg is sick and these ladies don't understand. Well, what you don't know is some of these ladies might have other stuff going on too. You know, just because we think that what we're dealing with in our life, how it's affecting us. You don't know what other people are dealing with in their lives and how it's affecting them. Just because they're not acting a fool like you don't mean they don't have something just as stressful, you know, that they're dealing with, you know. Yeah, she she did end up spiraling 
of yeah, us she, towards she, the end. But it just takes, makes me wonder, it, is that just old Nene coming out and she is who she is? Or did she feel like, okay, I need to turn up to justify why I'm here and to reclaim my spot in the spotlight? Right. But I was surprised that her anger also spills into Cynthia. Right. And that's what I want to see. And and that's what makes me wonder, is this really for just the show? Like to beef up so everybody, so they'll get a big viewing uh, for the reunion? Because I think some of it, but I really think that when Nene gets mad, Nene mad. Yeah, like I don't. She Cynthia, she can't uh, really fake hers. Yeah, because they're they're pretty close. And for me, I really like Cynthia. I think she can be a little messy sometimes. But yeah, my thing with Cynthia, I like Cynthia too. But I don't think that Cynthia is an angel. I think right. that she get messy just like they all get messy. But Nene, right. she did say, "Okay, you guys will see on the reunion." She she do a lot of sneaky stuff. Okay, but who doesn't? Right. And I think, you know, Cynthia is... Uh, Cynthia might be messy, but she, she still cares about Nene. And she's still I always, agree. you know, I think that Nene. Cynthia truly cares about Nene. I think that Marlo truly cares about, about Nene. But the difference with Cynthia is I do think she can be messy, but I don't think that Cynthia is a person who likes drama or confrontation. Right. So right. I think she stops short of that. Right. But with Nene, if you are not riding for her 100%, she feels like you're not her friend and you're being disloyal. Right. I don't think that we should have to uphold our friends in their wrong in order to prove our friendship. Right. And Nene is territorial about her friends. You know, yes. so if she feels like you are swaying a little bit too much with a new friend or you having too much fun with somebody, she gets really in her feelings. You know, so she, she wants to be the center of attention, the center of everybody's attention because she feels like she is the HBIC yes (laughs) yes yes so she does and it's crazy I I have one more thing on that episode have you ever had (laughs) you know I'm talking about Eva and Cynthia Eva and Cynthia. What? A, okay, go ahead. When they they went, they had or or Eva treated Cynthia to an appointment for colonic. Oh, oh yes, Cynthia. Yes, I actually have had a colonic before. I haven't, but I want to. <laughs> okay, let me tell you, it is the. Like the second, ba- okay, you know, the very first time you had a massage, at least for me, the very first time I had a massage, I was so relaxed. I went home, took a shower, and had the best sleep of my life. <laughs> like, 
because I felt so good, you know, I had the best sleep of my life. The the colonic was the second best experience because you feel light, you feel clean, and, you know, you... You actually lose a couple of pounds, which is... Okay, so that means you would do it again. Oh, I've done it more than once. But you would yeah. do it again? I would absolutely okay. do it again. Yeah, okay. like, I would absolutely do it again. And it's the, it, it was funny because it was the same exact setup, except when I did it, the, a lady came in and she had, like, candles and stuff and... She like massaged my stomach because for a minute it can get not um, hurt. It just like um, like a period stomach ache, you know, where it's kind of like a little cramping or something. And she came in and like did a little massage of my stomach. And it was like it was it's a good experience. Okay, so I'm going to say when we meet up again. Probably in a month or so. <laughs> yes. Or we need to schedule one. Yes. Because I, I I would need you to go with me. <laughs> I think you would. Yes. And we could be just like them talking on the phone. You can't see. You can't right. see anything. You know, you can't yeah. see anything. And to keep without getting too graphic, it it just flows without you having to help in any way. It's just. Yeah. A continuous flow. Um, okay, so we will yeah. put that on the list, and we're gonna let's do that because I we want will. to. We will. Yes, I'm excited now. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, that is going to take care of this week's episode, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at What We Like. Make sure that you guys are doing what you like this week. Because we'll definitely be doing what we like. Bye. Bye.